shit. Your amnesiac child with two broken legs, just be like, take her to the vet. <laughs> It'll be fine. Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, and, and... And welcome to the three people who are listening. And by three people, yeah. I, I, I do mean Sydney and Melanie's mom. And I think Sunshine. I don't know if anyone's going to be into this, like, virtual hangout, but I I think the sound at least will be better than the version that we did before. So it's available, hopefully, if, if all of this works out correctly, then there should be a YouTube video and put on YouTube. And then I'll put the sound file on SoundCloud as well. We're creating a whole thing here. And now we can actually show the book cover. So this is the book for this time. I love that cover. I Because that's uh, supposed to be it. Well, it's supposed to be Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look at, she's magnificent. They like, they've, instead of giving her her amethyst gem, they kind of like encrusted some pearls around her horn. I'm not mad about it, but it's. Yeah, the horns are never right, which is, I mean, it's fine. It's not, I mean, it's not fine, but it's fine. (laughs) But no, she's looking, she's looking real good. So yeah, Unicorns of Balinor 5, Search for the Star. I have fewer notes than I did last time, so this hopefully will not be two hours. Yeah, we're, we're shooting for for less than that, for yes. um, your guys' sake. <laughs> um, I did write it in lavender, though. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> You're, that's the perfect choice right now. Did we say the title of our podcast, no. just in case there are any strangers here? Uh, hello, and welcome welcome to Past Your Bedtime. I'm sure you guys didn't know that. Yeah, you never know. There was at least one name there that uh, I d- am not familiar with. It's, it's very early in the morning. I uh, I stayed up all night sewing an apron. I saw you did. So, the, so the sewing machine worked? Yeah. You're resourceful. Resourceful lady. Oh. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I have the internet now. So I know. I know. This, this is, is a big deal. A long time. That's what, You and Jordan actually are like my two friends that didn't have internet, and you both got internet like within days of each other. I mean, what can you do? There's like, nothing that, else to do. That, See more of you now. My and your Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> You know, when I'm sitting in my other armchair, I like to have this octopus here for company. I love um, the the line when I'm sitting in my other armchair. I have two. They, they I don't like know. This. There's nothing different about them. I, I can't really show you. Yeah. I, do, I do have a fireplace here. And I'm currently sitting on a bearskin rug that Sydney gave me for Christmas a couple years ago. Remember taking pictures of you on yeah, that bearskin yeah. rug. Um, so for those of you who have never watched Baywatch or other cheesy television shows of that period of time, there's a thing that they would always do on Baywatch where um, two people were going to hook up. They'd have them be by a fireplace. Even if, like, the plot of the show was, like, there's a record-breaking heat wave and, like, nobody can... People are passing out because it's so hot. Still, there will be a fireplace and people are going to... And so I was joking about how I have this fireplace all the time and it must be really confusing for people because they're just getting mixed signals from this fireplace. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And he, like, I was joking that, like, maybe I really also need to get, like, a bearskin rug to, like, double down on the, the romance novel atmosphere. And then he, like, sent me one for, as a Christmas present. I cackled taking it out of the box. <laughs> it was, like, the funniest shit to me. <laughs> that was, yeah. And then Stephanie was like, um, I've received this bearskin rug can you please take pictures of me on it so I can send it to my friend? I was yes, like, I was like laying on the bearskin rug, texting Melody, like, Melody, please come over and take a picture. I'm not good at selfies, and I need your help. I think we nailed it personally. She, she really like she did though. Like in between her other errands, Melody like popped in to take a picture of me from my kitchen. Yeah. That's just, you know, friendship, I think. Sometimes you need to take a picture of your friend on their bearskin rug in front of their fireplace. The first time I went to Stephanie's house, she invited me over for cake. And I came in, I was like, cake and a fireplace? What's happening? Yeah, and then I walked you to your car. I think you were like, wow, that's such a big flashlight. I was like, oh, it's also a stunt gun. <laughs> Stephanie's ready. She's ready. To attack, much like, we're going to bring it back to the point of this podcast, much like Ari with her knife that she just says ready available. for stabbing at any time, Stephanie is always prepared with a weapon. Sometimes it's a big flashlight that is also a stun gun. Um, yeah. What I'm saying is she made me feel safe. <laughs> That's something I always appreciate about Stephanie. That's friendship. Uh, okay, yes, so... I guess it's time for you to, to say what you remember yeah. about this book. Okay, so as always, <laughs> did Nada. I do my homework? <laughs> I do my homework ahead of time. No, <laughs> would I be me if I did that? So I'm just I'm uh, I well I did what I did do is I already googled the book and have it pulled up. So in that way, I think I'm killing it. Um, I mean, it's only nine and. Yeah, it's very early. I'm just, I have a lot of things scheduled today. I'm also playing D&D, and then I have to do virtual DJing. Stephanie's a busy gal. She's got a lot going on. I've got nothing going on, but I'm trying to find shit to do, so. And I'm just trying to be a better uh, adult or something. And well, Melanie, Melanie is still working right now. Yeah. Melanie has, like... <laughs> A job. A job job, yeah. Whereas I have just been in my apartment for, like, three weeks sewing and, like, crocheting shit. Yeah. I, my my current, like, totally pointless thing is to, I'm um, trying to make vines <laughs> to put on my walls. I love that. <laughs> I love that, Stephanie. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're, you're a good human. <laughs> and she's learned, I don't know if you guys can see, but, well, some of you aren't going to see at all. But you have, anyway, don't worry about it. But Stephanie has been looking at how to use liquid eyeliner. And let me tell you, she's looking real good right now. I don't think that's true. But this Listen, is you came on the screen and I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also wearing mascara. That might be part of it. But um, normally yeah. I just get my eyelashes dyed. 
but I can't do that right now, so I had to put yeah. on, like, actual... I'm just intimidated <laughs> by liquid eyeliner, so I thought that I would get some practice on it while, like, nobody can see me. Yeah. Anyway, bringing it back. Yeah. Unicorn Bring it back. <laughs> Unicorns. So, <clears throat> Unicorns of Balinor 5, uh, Search for the Star, Mary Stanton. This is what we're doing. So, we already talked about the cover. Amazing. Atlanta gorgeous um big fan so let's see so um this is the summary according to goodreads deep in the layer do i usually read it i think you do okay well i'm gonna read it this time (laughs) even if i didn't before deep in the lair at blue mountain natan natan how do you pronounce it natan i just keep calling it the dragon so yeah I don't remember it having a name. It apparently has a name. Niacin. Nice. <laughs> the dragon safely guards the indigo star. The jewel's magic has always protected the indigo herd. Until now. Shit. The evil shifter has captured the indigo scar. Scar. The indigo star and gained control over the band of unicorns. As the shifter's darkness creeps through Balinor, now not even the unicorns are safe. The indigo unicorns are fading, and so are their spirits. Princess Ariana and the Sun Chaser must... <laughs> what are they called? The Sun Chaser. They, they call him out sometimes in yeah. the book this time. He's not, he's not Chase right the now. He's the Sun Chaser. I mean, he deserves the title. He's amazing. We all know... <laughs> I have a, a long-standing um, crush on Chase, which is fine. Um, so Princess Ariana and the Sun Chaser must reclaim the jewel before the unicorns slip into the shadows of the shifter. Okay. Um, yeah. But so <laughs> what do I remember? Um, not a lot. But last time when you started going, I was like remembering things left and right. But so... <clears throat> I feel like I remember that, like, so they say that the indigo unicorns are fading, that, like, Atlanta is slowly losing, like, literally losing her color. Like, she's getting paler and paler and, like, isn't able to see things in her little pools anymore. Um, And the dragon is, is the dragon, maybe I'm confusing this with Harry Potter now, but is the dragon, like, blind? No. Or is it just really old? No, it's sleeping. It's just sleeping. And so it's just sleeping there. I'm thinking of Harry Potter, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so it's just sleeping by a, like a lake, right? So it's in a cave that's near a lake. In a cave? In, okay, near a lake. Okay. But does it fly out of the cave above the lake? It does fly out. Yeah, it eats a bunch of shit in the lake. And then yeah. later it goes back to that area. Okay. And does it speak? Is it like yelling at them? It's angry. It can talk, it, yeah. Because it doesn't know that the star is gone, right? No, it knows that it's gone. It knows that it's gone. Okay. <laughs> so, no, it knows that it's gone. Do they show up and he's like, you guys stole it? Uh, Well, I mean, he gets told that they've stolen it. Like, that's one of Entia's tricks. Oh. Oh, sorry. I also just realized that we can do reactions to our, these videos. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, I'm alarmed. <laughs> But it it matched how I felt at learning that. Um, okay, so I remember, based on this description, there's a dragon. Um, I don't... I've read too many things with dragons. 
Yes, they're all running together. I remember it coming out and scooping things out, and they like describe like things like falling out of its mouth. I don't know. <laughs> and they, you know, yeah, I remember the uh, Atlantis fading, and um, they don't. No, they don't hurt it, right? No, they don't. Good. Okay, let's see. Hold on, I'm just gonna briefly just. You know, <clears throat> so that's <laughs> that's what you've got. Okay, that's what I've got. Also, I took my socks off because I, I don't know, something that we were talking about was making me sweaty and embarrassed or something, and <laughs> then I got hot. I started sweat. I didn't put deodorant on today. I took my socks off. Now my feet are cold. <laughs> oh, what's the point? <laughs> I'm I'm not embarrassed about my uh, deodorant usage. Listen, you don't sweat. Well, some people don't, and that's fine. And then they overheat and die. No, that's like Kara doesn't really sweat, and I'm like, you must have a great life. Congratulations, <laughs> you're perfect. Okay, <laughs> can't relate to that. This is like I'm cutting, coming, cutting up. I'm coming up on my sweatiest part of the year and i'm almost out so yikes um anyway <clears throat> so now so now we're going to um, since i don't remember anything else to our next segment which is penny for your trots where stephanie <laughs> what she's been thinking and feeling uh regarding this and then i'll interject if i re remember anything Okay, I got, we'll I, got, I got my Balinor notebook. So we begin with Atlanta, the watching pool. So then there's an evil laugh, and there's a vision that happens that she didn't direct. Like, normally when she has a vision, she, like, is asking for that specific thing. She didn't ask for this. She just gets a vision of the blue mat mountain and uh, Nyasin, the giant dragon, Mm -hmm. that is sleeping there in the cavern. Mm -hmm. um, so then after seeing that, she asks the pool to show her Entia, who is, as a giant alicorn, flying to Blue Mountain. Oh, an alicorn, right. I think maybe you told me this, an alicorn, which I am so embarrassed that I didn't know this before. That's a unicorn with wings. It's like a unicorn pegasus, right? Yeah. yeah. Is he also... He's black, right? Okay. Yeah. We cut to Entia's perspective. He's all up in his feelings about losing the scepter. So he, he creeps into the mountain to snatch the jewel from under the dragon. Because the dragon has to wake up periodically to eat and stuff. And when it does wake up, there's a short period of time when it moves its like tail off of the, the star gem. And then it's possible to grab it while it's like... <laughs> still disoriented and figuring its its life out. So the dragon has been sleeping there, like, not moving for so long that it has, like, a thick growth of mold on it. Mm -hmm. And then underneath that, it's silver, and it's, like, exuding light. Like, it lights the cavern up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so Entia initially is kind of scared of it, and he makes... A nine-fingered hand with a thumb like a hook, like, out of his chest. And then he, like, slowly wiggles it loose with this hand that he's made. And so now he's like, 
not afraid of the dragon because he's he's like I'm the most powerful thing that has ever existed, and so he thinks about how he could take his vengeance on Ari and Chase, but he's way more into the idea of torturing Atlanta. He's like really hates her the most for whatever reason it does um, he have a crush on her because we were always taught that if uh you know if, if a guy is mean to you when you're when you're little it's because he uh he's got a thing for you well he's really into being a person later on in this book and he keeps talking about how much he enjoys having hands so i feel like he's more of a self-loving person really into having hands he brings it up he's like my favorite part about being a human is to have hands look at these <laughs> look at these things <laughs> who they're i mean they're kind of useful but terrifying i don't really understand anyway that's a whole other thing <laughs> do you ever really just look at your hands i have spent a lot of time recently doing that so Anyway, part of, like, the thing where he's thinking about how much he hates Atlanta, he's like, ugh, in her stupid violet coat. <laughs> and then I, I drew the little, the mean girls meme. Like, the why you so obsessed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, cut back to Atlanta. She's running over to where the old mare is. And as she's doing that, <clears throat> she sees that the other purple and blue unicorns, are their color is, is starting to leech out. Apparently, the old mare reigns next to the one who rules. So she's, like, at the left hand of God? Or is a god? Like, they're all gods, but the one who rules is, like, up the stairs. So then... Yeah. So that make her, like, who's who's that forgot Gabriel? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know religion Mar at all. Mary? Mother Mary? I feel like she's more, like, high up than Gabriel. Yeah. Father? No. <laughs> yep. Oh, anyway. Then, for in case you haven't listened to this before, we have said this several times, but this is basically Lord of the Rings, but with unicorns, and so the old mare is Lady Gandalf. Lady Gandalf, yes. Um, and then at Atlanta, we're toying with his Galadriel, maybe. I like that, but like a less scary Galadriel. Yeah. So then... um Atlanta sees Unicorn Fabio, and she's just thinking about how beautiful he is. She's like, "As you do." She's like, "My husband is so fine. He's so hot. How did it happen?" Is he a dick? Yes, but, but he's beautiful. But damn, girl, look at that body. <laughs> <laughs> so she's able to summon the old mare and confirms that the shifter has the indigo star. Mm -hmm. So that means that Atlanta can't protect Ariana. She can't send dreams or travel to Balinor. So she kind of like doesn't have any power right now. What? Is Numenor's point? Why? He's, he's just her side piece. He's the Jay Z to her Beyonce. Like everyone else is like, you could get rid of him whenever. We'd be fine. Like, with it. why is she having to do all of the work here? Like literally, Numenor, so if Numenor's something happens to Atlanta, anything. like something happens to Atlanta, and everyone's like, well, fuck, that's just it. We can't do anything. She had to do everything, all of the work, and other than Toby, Toby's like a real ride or die. Um, yeah, <laughs> other than like... Toby and Atlanta, everyone else is pointless. 
Numenor hasn't ever done anything. The only thing he does is, like, try to fight people who, like, it doesn't make sense for him to fight. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of them. She's like, no, please calm down. He just starts stripping around with his beautiful golden mane. Let, let me and my two bodyguards that I have at all times. Because <laughs> I'm so important and yet accomplish nothing. Other than, well, you know, everyone needs to have something beautiful to look at. Yeah. Yes. You know, this is the first time I've heard anything positive about Numenor. I'm going to take what I can get. At least, at least, yeah. at least she's like, yeah. She has fond. She's like, he's hot. <laughs> I guess um, if she's happy, I'm happy. You know, he's a himbo. That's fine. That's a not, what? that doesn't make sense actually for him because himbos are dumb and kind. And he's, oh. he's not kind. What is dumb and mean but buff it's not a hunk no uh, just a regular jock i guess yeah just a just a dude yeah i was gonna say a, a himbo is a guy who is really in shape and nice but stupid mm. So it's like a male, mm. male bimbo is, i know the is, things you learn before 10 o'clock let's see so the Mayor says that they have to combine the scepter with the indigo star, uh, and then when Atlanta asks how she can steal the star from the shifter, the old mayor just turns into a rock, and that's it. <laughs> As she does. Hey, how- Oh, you have to steal this? Cool, how do I do that? I'm sorry, I'm a rock. <laughs> um, actually, this is part of your personal growth. Uh, you can you just figure that out on your own. <laughs> the classic: Will lots of people die? Maybe, but at least you'll be a better person. <laughs> anyway, I have so many things to do, and I just is this. Sorry, also is the is this is this the? All right, so imagine this is the scepter. Yeah. And then this is the indigo star. We combine them like that. I, I yeah. I guess you just like stick it right on top. Just jam, okay. jam it right into that rosewood unicorn's head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to confirm that. Cut to Ariana. <clears throat> She's on that boat again with Chase. His horn is still ebony, by the way. I made a note of that for you. She's she's smiling at all of her friends and wondering if people in the village know who they are because uh, she's told Finn who she is now um and he seems afraid of her rank is he still with her yeah yeah he's he's with and her. he's with them for the whole thing so adorable gangly little redhead so toby hates the boat laurie also hates the boat she and ari both got like really seasick in the middle of the night because there was like this storm and then chase purified some water with his horn for them to drink what uh, a guy and then as they're, like, getting off, Lori's saying that she's never getting onto that boat again. And then Toby says that no one asked her to get on it in the first place. <laughs> Toby is the master of sass, for reference. Um, and then, so, Ari sees that Toby is about to be even more mean than that, and then Finn interrupts them, saying that, like, oh, I was sick too, like, and then Lori kind of likes feeling confident or like more confident than Finn I think because immediately mm -hmm. her, her attitude is like a little bit different and she starts telling him like about how like she could help him and stuff of like course. that. Like she's like oh I have all kinds of ideas for like <clears throat> what you could do. I think that like 
she's just like, everyone's always doing this weird shit, and nobody ever consults me about anything, and I don't, like, think anyone's doing this correctly. Yeah. What's my purpose? Yeah. Why, <clears throat> why am I here, even I don't know? So then... Yeah. Same. So then she and Finn are, like, talking and stuff, and they're they're kind of <clears throat> clearly flirting. And then Ari asks Chase if he thinks that Finn is good-looking, and... <laughs> The scepter interrupts. Like the scepter is basically Siri just answering every question that you didn't ask it. It just but also like in a dickish way. Yeah, so it just starts loudly answering her question about whether or not Finn is attractive, like within other people's hearing, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm dying." What does it say? It just starts, and then she's like, "Shut up!" and like shouting at your bag, but. It says that Chase looks bewildered. He's like, why is my girlfriend asking me if I think this guy is hot? I don't understand what's going on. No. Yeah, well, fair enough. Something that we learn here, while the scepter is, like, functioning properly, it basically will just answer any question said near it. So if you just say, even if you're not directly asking the question, if you say a question, it'll start to answer it, whether you want it to or not. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. So they are traveling back to Valinor Village, and Finn and Laurie are really palling it up. They're, you know, talking the whole trip, hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Ari gazes into the fire and misses Atlanta at this point, and then she's like, I wish I could talk to Atlanta. And then she falls asleep, and Atlanta shows up in her dream. And she's trying to tell Ari about the whole Indigo Star situation, and she mentions Dr. Bonnie, but Ari's too busy just acting like a third grader at show and tell. She's like, I did this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and Atlanta's like, that's great, can I convey this important (laughs) message to you? Could you shut up for a second? And Ari's like, no, I have things to tell you. She's like, but what about... Like, yeah, she's just really excited to see her. I'm like, But Atlanta's like, I, my voice is fading out. I don't have much power. I need to actually tell you this important thing. So then she wakes up and... Without having learned, without Atlanta she, being she, able to tell her? Well, she, she just says something about the Indigo Star and something mm-hmm. about Dr. Bonnie. But she doesn't mm-hmm. really get into any more details. So... When Ari wakes up, Chase also wakes up, because he can, like, sense that she's upset or something. Mm-hmm. So they, like, like she goes to talk to him, and he's already coming over to where she is, and then she throws her arms around him, and it specifically it tells you how he smelled, which was, uh, like, wild grass and fresh air. It's like That's the, I mean, I don't sounds know, probably lovely. smelling like that, I'm just, that seems like something that you would hear in a YA novel, like, yeah like, well oh i hugged him and he smelled like cologne and it really did something for me they're in love so that's that's her her man unicorn man. her unicorn man so then she asks the scepter and he just keeps saying it's dark like he doesn't he can't answer the question uh so i remember that they get back to valinor village and three types of unicorn are royal unicorns Worker mm. unicorns and warrior unicorns. Oh, I forgot about the warrior unicorns. Yeah, we, we see them, but they have like really, they don't have a jewel and they have really, really long horns, like where it's like a spear. Like a narwhal mm-hmm. horn. Like a narwhal. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> just so, narwhals are so funny looking. They so have, I'm just imagining now these long, real. <laughs> it says that they're spearlings. Like, <laughs> oh, that's I forgot about the warriors. Obviously, I remembered the work, the working class unicorns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. Samet is back and he's excited to see her. They remind us again that he is fat. It's important that we keep that in mind. <laughs> so Art goes to take care of Chase once they're there. And Finn apparently feels uncomfortable with like her working. So he tries to help her feed Chase and she's like, No. Oh. She's like, No, no one does that but me. I remember that. That's my job. This um, is my man. Don't you touch How dare you? My man. So, um, he's having class issues, basically. He's like, you're a princess, like, work it in in, and I don't really know what I'm doing right now, or what I'm, what the expectations are, how yeah. I'm supposed to be behaving. So, on Chase's suggestion, he's promoted to cavalry captain. I can never say that word. Oh, I remember Cal that. Cavalry? That's so cute. Cavalry. Cavalry. Yes. But that is, I remember, that's adorable. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's he's in charge of the non-existent military, I guess. <laughs> um, we finally get to see Samet's wife, who we've never heard of before. Uh, mm -hmm. She's also fat, but she's hotter than he is. It says that she's graceful with, with nice skin. So. Holy shit. I know, a positive representation of a fat lady. You thought it would never happen. I'm, I'm impressed. Mary's Mary's growing on this journey. She's developing as a person and a writer. So they're thinking that maybe they should have a ceremony to like formally present the scepter to Arya, sort of like an announcement that like they have the scepter back and they have some member of the royal family around. Mm -hmm. And Ari's a little on the fence about it. She's like, I don't know if that's a good idea, but also maybe it would be because then people like know that we out here. Yeah. Um, Lori is annoyed at the idea that people might start bowing at Ari's feet all the time. She's like, hate it. Why can't they be bowing at my feet? <laughs> Just a suggestion I have. <laughs> So then she's, like, thinking about her family. She's having some memories. She mentions, like, Bren teaching her how to use a sword. No mention of any other brothers at this point. What? I don't know if she does. She just doesn't have them anymore. Bren's, like, she's the only just... brother that matters. Mario's like, on second thought, these other guys, they don't have anything going for I them. Bren definitely does. I mean, it's possible that she still has another brother but we've never heard anything else about them like she never brings them up she only and they had different names yeah i don't know what's going on there um, yeah she remembers some stuff about her mom her mom still doesn't have a name but she remembers her mom like basically like when she realized when she was a little kid that like they were royalty and they lived differently than other people her mom like kind mm -hmm. of took her around the countryside a little bit to see how like the actual people of Valinor live to be like, you need to understand like what it's like for peasants here so that you can be helpful to them. That's um, good, I guess. So then Ari's kind of like, oh, that was a good lesson. I should like think about the good of the people and like not try to run away from my responsibilities with this. So she's like feeling more princessly. We cut to Entia 
he's just hanging out by himself doing weird shit, basically. But they, <laughs> Sounds about right. <clears throat> they say that his red eyes were gaunt, and I'm like, can eyes be gaunt? Like, I don't... Mary, I don't think you know what this word means. I don't nah. think your eyes... Are his eyes deflated? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> There, he's dehydrated. They're starting to shrivel up. Yeah, no, she, maybe she means his face around the eyes, but, uh... Mary, your eyes are a contained ecosystem. Yeah. Like, they don't, there's nothing passing between... Yeah, like, are you talking about the eyeballs themselves? Are you talking about the, like, what's this bone around your eyeballs. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, so it specifically said his red eyes were gaunt, and I was like, did you get a word of the day calendar and you don't really know what this word means because that's not that's not how you use this. <clears throat> one of uh one of NTF's weird activities he's engaging in is he, he apparently really likes to just grow like an arm right out of his chest. It wouldn't. So, so he he grows a weird arm. And he's talking to the gem thing. He's just, like, talking to himself. So then he transforms into a wolf and goes back to where the dragon is because he knows that it's, like, waking up. And after it, like, gets up and goes into the lake and eats all of the, like, mm. fish and stuff that's I in remember there. this. Um, is he, like, an old-looking wolf? Yeah. He goes as an old wolf and he's like, Excuse me, sir, did you know that humans did this? They definitely did. Okay, goodbye. And the dragon's like, I don't question this at all. This seems credible. I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> the dragon doesn't seem that smart for being like six, six years old. It just like yells a lot. Like it's like, no. <laughs> Same. I mean. Yeah. So then Ari and Chase are are having a a picturesque run where it like describes their hair mixing together. It's like the same color. As they're going on their it's beautiful. Run. That um, is beautiful. And the, it's not it's not relevant to the plot. I just thought you'd like to hear about it. <laughs> Obviously. I need I need those details. What do I have except for those details? Also, I remember I'm pretty sure it's the orbital. Yeah. Bone. Orbital bones. I was talking about her mother, and she says that something about how she wishes she was here because she was wise. I'm just mm -hmm. impressed that her mother seems to be getting some sort of characteristics instead of being just a vague rose smell. Like, that's not... <laughs> it's not a character. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a human being you're describing. So then Samet says... Look, so there's, like, this whole windstorm thing that happens from the dragon flying and she's mm. in the barn when it happens mm -hmm. and like it starts like crashing and, and everything and so she's like trying to stay with Chase and he's like no it's not safe for you you should go with Samette and she's like refusing to do it and he has to like Chase is like no dude take her and he has to physically drag her out of the stable because she won't go um, even though it's like he will die. So that what would women do without a man to protect them? I don't know. They die in a stable. <laughs> <laughs> so um, everyone is like hiding in the fruit cellar, and then mm. Ari hears Chase <clears throat> scream in her mind, and then their connection is not there anymore, so she can't hear him. That's traumatizing. Yeah. So she like. Freaks out for a little bit, and then... And she's trying to get out of the fruit cellar. Yeah, yeah, and then everyone's like, 
you'll die. That's not helpful. Also, like, you're the only member of the royal family that's left, so why don't you think about the further consequences of your behavior? Like, you're not <laughs> one person in this scenario. Because she's freaking out like this, like, Lori jokes about how she would be a better princess, and everyone else thinks that that's really funny, and she's like, I was not kidding. She's <laughs> like, but really... What if what if I took over? <laughs> I just think I'd be better at this. <laughs> so when they finally get out of there, it turns out that Chase's horn is stuck in a tree. Everyone thinks that's really funny. And he's um, he's upset, right? Because they're laughing at him. Yeah. But then Ari like kisses his ears a bunch, so maybe that makes sense for it. So then because <clears throat> Of this incident, they think that Entia might be controlling the dragon, when really Entia just lied to the dragon, and apparently it has a very low perception score. <laughs> so then, because this is all happening, they're they're thinking that like that ceremony thing is definitely postponed, because they probably don't want to draw attention to Ari's yeah. presence right then. Um, and then, back at the inn, some tall, hot blondes in leather show up. There's a whole group of them. They're all blonde. They're all tall with, like, long blonde hair. And they're all wearing, like, sexy leather outfits. Male and female. Holy shit. Oh, they're dragon hunters. Yeah. Yeah. So. I remember them. They're, like, they're really strong and, And they very dramatically announce that they're dragon slayers. Yes. Um, And they, they want to kill the dragon. And so Ari has to try to save the dragon yeah, and get the indigo I star think my favorite part of that interaction is she's like well instead of killing the dragon why don't we just like recover the jewel and give it back to it and then it can just go back to guarding it and problem solved and they're like and they're like don't be dumb they're like here's the thing i know how to kill a dragon i don't know how to do any of that other shit you're talking about i'm a dragon slayer i don't know what the fuck I don't, I don't know who you get to do what you're describing, but that's not what I do. Our one skill happens to be killing dragons, so that's what we have to do. I invest, If you have a I, skill, you use I've it. I've invested my whole life and my entire budget in this leather outfit, and I need you to respect that. Yeah. I'm sorry, you want us to do what? This outfit is not made for that. <laughs> sure, could I do other things in it? I guess, but it's not its intention. So, <laughs> please keep your suggestions to yourself. Does this look like the outfit of a jewel finder or a dragon slayer? Case close. Do these knee-high leather boots say slayer or finder? If you say finder, you're way off base. <laughs> you need to reevaluate your life, not me. Um, so then, yeah, in a, in, a, in a bid to go along with them and hopefully, like, get them to not kill this dragon, she volunteers them to help. And then Finn's like, cool, I'm also helping. And Lori's like, god damn it. But she agrees to go, too. She's like, why is everyone dumb? Um, <laughs> So then, and then also they like, okay, we're leaving at dawn tomorrow. And she's like, oh, excellent, we're leaving at dawn. And Lori basically just thinks that this whole plan is a big pain in the ass, because it is. Like, mm-hmm. fair enough. If, somebody, yeah. if somebody's like, I'm waking you up at dawn tomorrow so that we can go, like, ride across the country and then fucking kill something, I'd be like, oh, great. 
You know, if I wanted to hunt, I would have just continued to live in Deer Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And he is at home. Just, like, really chewing the scenery with some villain behavior. And he can't use the star's power right now without the dragon knowing that he has it. Because if he, like, accesses its power, then the dragon's gonna know somebody's using it. So it's gonna... Is it... Is it actually, like, star-shaped? Like, it has... It's, like, a big thing. It's, you know... Like, it's like, like a bulbous thing. It's not like... Bulbous. It, it's not like star-shaped like this. It's like it's got, like, points all over yeah, the place. Yeah, they're just lots of points. Yeah. But it does have lots of points. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, he's, basically, he's hoping that the dragon will, like, kill Ari for him, and he won't have to... Right. Play. He's, like... It would be much more convenient. He's trying to outsource it so he can't use the, the power of the jewel <laughs> right now. So then... Entia turns himself into, like, this person, which is, like, a guy with, like, a long black beard, like, a skinny... That's right! That was gonna be my question. A wizard dude, yeah. Yes! I was gonna... I was like, does he have a black beard? Yes. Um, <laughs> As all villains do. Apparently he likes being a person. Has the hands. Uh, he's... Yeah, he's super into the hands thing, and he also... He thinks that he's more graceful than any person, despite sounding like a real fugly bitch, but... Uh, whatever. Um, Kylie shows up as a snake. He chokes her for looking at his jewel thing. He's a dick. And then um, he wants her to follow them and then see if she can steal, you know, the scepter while everything's going down. Mm-hmm. Is and she then, still in her, like, half woman, half in, lizard In, in this moment, she's just or a snake. snake. Yeah, she's okay. just a snake right now. Um, but they have her show up, they have him tell her to do this, and then she doesn't show up in the rest of the book. Like, we don't see her again, so I don't know what the point of this scene was. What? Uh, they, like, okay. Mary, just Interesting. Forgot, Mary just forgot about it, or maybe it's in the She forgets book. about lots of things. <laughs> I know. Um, they run into some of the freed slaves, so some of them didn't get recaptured. That's um, good. And they recognize Ari as, like, the person who helped them before, so they're, like, all well disposed towards her. Are, um, sorry, are this are the freed slaves humans, these, or are they are some people. of them animals? These okay. ones are all people. Okay. Um, and they're, like, hanging out in the woods because they made a pact that they wouldn't go home until they had recovered the rest of the slaves because they're like well those are some of our loved ones and just because we were fortunate enough to get away we can't just like fuck off now we have to right so Lori is very blase about the whole situation and kind of like is like oh it's those people we saved from that pit and then she all she kind of thinks she's like it's weird that like no one's thanking me. I was also there. It's like, do you not remember the whole betrayal aspect of the <laughs> Oh, Lori. I was also part of this. Yeah, you were not on the correct side, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Forgotten. Like, the whole time that was going on, you were just being a dick. Kind of. Revisionist history. Yeah, well, she's like, she's on board to be part of the group, so now she's like, I'm part of this group, and in fact... I was thinking, why don't we center the project? Sounds about right. Okay, so they run into these freed slaves. Ari's like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go with these people. And mm-hmm. the dragon slayer people are like, no, we can't like let her just go with these 
these random people we don't know and she's like too bad you're not in charge of me goodbye yeah. and like and she's like also i didn't know you like a day ago so she goes with them and they sneak <laughs> her into the castle like back ways and stuff that that dill did you know i'm having some vague memories so then they, like, put her in this, like, cowled robe thing that apparently all mm. the servants use. But then she, like, talks directly to Entia. Like, she, she and Entia are, like, face-to-face having a conversation at one point. I'm like, do you not know what, like, your nemesis looks like? Because aside from the cowl, I don't think she does anything to disguise her appearance. <laughs> Huh. She'd been thinking, talking to the scepter. The scepter was like, as it was getting closer to the jewel, it was kind of getting more powers where it could say things that weren't answers to questions. Like it could mm-hmm. talk to her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so she was trying to figure out, like, what's the best way magically for me to get this done? Mm-hmm. And it basically suggested that she needed to find a way to use the first magic, which is like the ordinary stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So she's, like, been thinking about that the whole time. and then The there ordinary are... stuff? Yeah, and then there also was a thing where Atlanta briefly came to her in a dream and was mentioning that, like, he has the jewel with him at all times and he never sleeps. She just repeats that more than once. So then when Ari is there and she's, like, seeing Entia in his castle, like, she's, like, pretending Mm -hmm. to be a server and, like, bring him food or something. And then gets the jewel. And then pretty much as soon as she gets it off of him, he, like, wakes up, has the, like, jewel that she shoves into the scepter, and then she, like, fucking, like, force lightning, like, strikes him with lightning. Um, I love that. (laughs) And then there's, like, this blue path thing that happens where she can, like, walk on air. She, like, walks out of the castle that way on, like, a path of blue light. And as all of this stuff is happening, she has, like, a vision of Atlanta and the other indigo unicorns, like, getting their color back and stuff. So that's all Mm -hmm. worked out. So then she gets out of the castle and she tries to get to the dragon in time to return you know it's return the thing to it so that it doesn't get killed by these dragon slayers and so there's a little contentious standoff thing where she's trying to give the thing to the dragon and the dragon's like I have trust issues but also I'm not very smart and then the dragon slayer people pop up and they're like you are in the way physically of us trying to kill this dragon. Could you move, please? And she's like, no, because I am your sovereign and, like, does, like, a dramatic, like, announcement thing where she, like, holds her scepter up. And then, I am Ari. Hear me roar. And then everybody else is like, okay. I guess we <laughs> right won't. on. I guess we won't do that then. <laughs> and then the dragon fucks off back home. And that's it. Wow. Well. That sounds like a real journey. Um, I mean, that sounds pretty exciting. I feel like they're getting they're getting more exciting each book. Um, this is just my perspective from hearing your notes. Um, so now we do our oh, ratings. The, po- the pony scale, yeah. Yeah. So scale of one to ten ponies. Um, horse content. Um. I would say the horse content has been a little bit lower than the A lot of dragons. A lot of dragons. Not as many, like, I mean, there were a, those couple of, like, 
romantic moments between Ari and yeah. Chase, but I feel like there could have been more horse content. This was maybe okay. only like like a five on horse content. Okay, that's it's pretty low. I don't remember what you normally like you I, normally I rank feel it. like it's like there was one of them that got a nine on horse yeah, content. Yeah, I think you know? last one you gave a lot of horse content. Well, I mean, um, the last one started off with a shower scene with Atlanta. Like it's really hard to come back. Yeah. From that. <laughs> uh, you can't top that. And we got Rednall last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So only a five. Well, There's a lot that's something to consider. Uh, scale of one to ten ponies, uh, literary worth slash merit. I got three. I feel like the last, the last couple ones were, were better. Like, yeah, okay. This one didn't seem that interesting to me. Okay. That's... Interesting. Three ponies. Um, uh, scale one to ten ponies overall enjoyment. Um, you know, again, I feel like I didn't enjoy this one as much as I enjoyed the last couple ones because like there wasn't enough like wacky shenanigans, you know. Yeah. So like a, a five. Like it was alright, but it was... okay. Let's hope next one Mary does a little bit better because I mean I always find dragons exciting personally. But do anything like it wasn't very smart and it just sort of like it flew around and like buffeted things with its wings for a little bit and that's kind of it that's all it really did other than or, like, boring dragon shit not not the fun dragon shit yeah. but boring dragon shit it was, okay it wasn't that interesting and it didn't have like the drama like there weren't any like cool dragon descriptions or anything that she was like i don't know it's covered in mold <laughs> <laughs> that's not very exciting okay well do better next time mary so this is the fifth book so next one will be the sixth yeah book okay so now what do we call uh the horse story main, i have one this main time characters yeah main characters i never remember that <laughs> um i have one i just came up with it right now <laughs> So this one, I'm not, it's not really about me, um, but it's about my dad. Ash, when, nerd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my dad, a.k.a. Wasn't it Ash? The fencing nerd. Yeah, that was my dad. So when I was little, I don't know, I must have been like, because I remember this, but I was still pretty young. So like maybe five, but at the time, and I don't know why it was. Anyway, what's happening? <laughs> I tried to say. So, the my hometown is like it's like weird little rural town, and our we didn't live in like a neighborhood or anything. We just had like properties that were next to our neighbors, and we kind of all just had like a lot of dirt land. <laughs> and for whatever reason, um, my sister and dad were like riding their horses we had this old pinto named apache um and he was the one that like my sister would ride sometimes and i would ride him sometimes when i was like super little i don't remember apache super well i just we just have like some pictures of him but my sister was riding apache and my dad was riding his horse um and something happened they, they were, like, outside. So they were just outside of our gate, the way that, like, our properties were lined up and in this just kind of dirt area riding. Um, 
And like, I think my mom was there and the neighbors were there, but my dad was like cantering his horse being super majestic. I'm sure this is also the period of time where my dad had a ponytail. So I just feel like that adds to the story. (laughs) So he was ponytail Dan at the time, uh, just cantering being like, a cool dude on his horse um and can something can happened also have like a single earring just so i can no i wish <laughs> that would have been so prime um no so he is wearing i'm confident that this is what he would have been wearing because i've seen pictures of uh riding dan he would have had this like white helmet on um but so Dan, Ponytail Dan's cantering, just being a cool dude. Valerie's riding Apache, also in the same area. Something happens with Apache, and Valerie gets thrown off. And my dad, like, mid-canter, jumps off of his horse and, like, runs over to, like, get Valerie. And... I just remember, and I remember her crying and them carrying her inside, and she was crying. She was, like, okay, but it was, like, scary and, yeah, traumatizing for a child. But I just remember being, like, I thinking that my dad was, like, a superhero. (laughs) Because he jumped off of his horse mid-canter and was just, like, my dad can literally do anything, and he will save anyone. And, like, I was just, like, in complete awe. I was kind of, like, oh, sad Valerie. But less sympathetic because I was so... (laughs) I was just so in awe over how cool my dad was. You're like, that, 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 that sucks that you got hurt, Valerie. But, like, meanwhile, that was a great job. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I, was, I think that, like, that just carried over to, like, for, like, the rest of my life. I was just like, my dad can do anything. Because, like, at such a young age, I saw him do what seemed, like, an impossible thing. like the most majestic amazing heroic thing that any person could do um that was what that moment was for me and so then I was just like well my dad's he's a hero he can literally do anything he can protect anyone uh I don't know I'm sure that I've mentioned that before but I don't know if he knows that but I very vividly remember that as being just like this amazing moment in my life of my dad being super cool and saving his child who was like fine but traumatized (laughs) my my most iconic moment with my dad was probably that time that he lit himself on fire after i told him not to pour gas on the fire no (laughs) have i not told you this story Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have not heard the Stephanie's dad lighting himself on fire story. Okay, so we were camping. I'm putting air quotes around that because at this point my dad just lived in a van in the woods. So like he lived there. But I was camping because I was visiting him. I remember that he had replaced one of the interior doorknobs of his van with a can opener at that point. So you could just open stuff off the door. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. He had this thing where he, like, didn't think it was an adequate fire unless you could see it from space or some shit. So he'd, like, he had a chainsaw and he'd just, like, chop old dead trees up. And then he'd just be trying to, like, ignite these massive logs without really, like, building anything up too much for them to, like, 
catch from. And so I was, like, sitting in, like, the passenger seat of this van, like, reading a book. And I look over, and he's, like, been messing with this fire for a while. And is just not catching the way he wants it to. And he says, oh, let's put a little bit of that Boy Scout water on it. And he grabs this gas can. And I was like, Jerry, I don't think you want to do that. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, because the flame can travel up the gas and light your gas can on fire. And he said professional driver on a closed course, which was his phrase for shut the fuck up, I know what I'm doing. So I was like, all right. And I just went back to reading my book. And then a while later, I looked up and just like everything was on fire. There was, <laughs> there was like this swath of burning grass. And then there was the gas can like tipped over with its little yellow plastic spout on fire. And then there was my, like there was a rag next to that where he had obviously tried to beat the flames out and then the rag had lit on fire. Jesus and then he was Christ. like shaking his leg which was on fire, <laughs> like, in the air, like, he clearly tried to stomp it out and lit himself on fire. Um, but he did all of this completely silently, because he didn't want me to know that it was happening, because I think in his mind, he was like, I cannot let my child know that she was right. <laughs> I'm like, she cannot know. So he didn't, make, he didn't make a single sound the whole time this was happening. Like, I didn't hear anything. And I, like, so I'm reading, and I look up, and I see all of this. And I, like, I, I took this in, and I was like, oh, he doesn't want me to notice this. He doesn't want me to know this is happening. So I was like, okay. And I just went back to reading. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we never talked <laughs> Like, I assume he just, like, tended his injuries. He never mentioned that he'd hurt himself. Nothing. <laughs> oh my god I have never heard that story I would definitely remember that how old were you uh, I don't know like 12 or 13 probably oh my god and I was just like well it seems like that's none of my business <laughs> going back to my book I well, it sounds like at least he wasn't um, super injured who knows He's like, what? Never acknowledged that this happened. Everything. I also, the fact that he calls it Boy Scout water. He had a lot of weird phrases. I like, don't. I have used so many of these. And then people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, I just think that they're normal things to say on some level. I remember, like, Abby one time, I said something about, like, somebody venting their spleen. And she was like, ew. I was like, what? That's a, that's a phrase that people use. And she's like, what does it mean? <laughs> I was like, it means you're behaving angrily. It's I can I can exactly picture Abby's reaction to that as well. <laughs> it's the four humors theory of the body, Abby. <laughs> Splenic people are angry. <laughs> oh my god, that that's amazing. That that was a great story. That's there's been a few times where I'm like I'll start to try to tell a story about my dad, and then I'm like. Did you ever see that Chris Farley skit where he's, like, talking about how if you keep going down this path in life, you'll end up living in a van by a river? That was my father. Like, he did 
for a while, like a long time. By the river. He was by a river, though? For a while. I mean, also, it's like a van, so it yeah. could be by a lot of places, but <laughs> it's usually near a river, so that you could have water. That makes sense. It sounds nice. Yeah. The river scenery. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some parts of it were nice, and other parts you're like, I'm cold and everything's biting me. But yeah, I mean, this Not, is yeah, like this. I think is like why when people are like, oh, I, like, do you want to go camping? I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Does not sound I enjoyable. Actually, I actually spend a lot of time and money every month making sure that I can live indoors. That's like one of my main goals. So, and you're doing it. I, I do not want to go camping. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, man, hey, it's only been like an hour and a half. Like I know. We did a reasonable <laughs> length of stuff. I probably don't we even did have it. to edit. You guys are welcome. Kept it under two hours. Okay. Well, thanks for hanging out, Melanie. Thank you. It's good can, to see your face. Can we can we high five or something? Is that a thing? Yeah. We did it. That was so much. You know, it's been a, a hands have had a a big a good. It's, it's been, been it's been a hand yeah. heavy episode. It has been a hand heavy episode. Also, sorry, I just realized that I'm wearing this Nickelback <laughs> shirt. It's my pajama shirt. <laughs> uh, this is what I wear to for for comfort. I, I still think it's funny that somebody gave you that as a gift and then was shocked that you wore it. It's like, what did you expect? Yeah. Now I yeah. can be seen with you in a Nickelback shirt? Why'd you get me the Nickelback shirt? You, do, you knew this, this would happen. You did this. You did this. Yeah, I know. Well, that's... Uh, Aaron Jewell gave me two Nickelback shirts. And then he later, someone asked about my Nickelback shirts and he was like... Um, they were like, oh, do you have more? To Aaron was like, do you have more Nickelback shirts? And he was like, just ask Melanie. He was like, oh, what did he say? Melanie's he... Nickelback t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he said something. Oh, fuck, I can't remember his actual wording, but it was basically like she has an excess of Nickelback shirts. And I was like, I have three. And he was like, anything more than one is an excess. It's kind of a lot, yeah. I mean, for like different shirts for the same band yeah i don't think even i have that many of anything well i still have not received a creed shirt so no one uh wants my hand in marriage my parents will be disappointed why don't you wait for your fucking birthday melanie i'm sure you're gonna get more than you want (laughs) or be swimming in creed shirts creed t-shirts and posters of frisians You're describing my dream scenario. Somebody paints a mural of just like a Frisian on your wall. Oh my god. Mom. Mom. I I mean, Melanie, we could do it. That wouldn't be that hard. No. All you would really all you would really need is to borrow somebody's projector. Then you can project the image onto the wall and trace and paint that. Smart. Stephanie, you you're a thinker. <laughs> I really hope that she actually does. Uh things and you know, there's some wheels are turning. I am 
this is we're getting off topic but the the topic was, was that uh bye guys <laughs> fairly well yes yes i hope i hope that that somebody enjoys this and, yeah and we'll we'll see you next week for the next yeah. book i don't even know the title yet because i finished that book right. last night but yeah. i'm sure it'll be great yeah okay okay bye. Bye. Irresponsible with your your amnesiac child with two broken legs. Just be like, take her to the vet. <laughs> It'll be fine. She was a happy, happiest child. I mean, she was homeschooled because of anxiety. 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 Because of anxiety.